Hi everyone, this is Chris McGowan, a.k.a. Chris. With Chris Watches, Pretty Little Liars, I'm on a uh, new microphone, which will be e an even newer microphone next time. So I don't know. It might sound different this week. Did I have anything to uh, say this week? I don't think I did. Oh, yeah. I think we're still going to try to do our panel for the Season 1 recap. So, you know, stay tuned. Anyway, let's just jump right in. Chris Watches, Pretty Little Liars. Chris Watches, Pretty Little Liars. Chris watches Pretty Little Liars, so he can help you figure out who's a... Here we are, Season 2, Episode 3, My Name is Trouble. And we start with the liars watching the movie. We don't get the traditional previously on. Instead, we get them talking about our recap. Kind of like, what's the most important thing to remember going into this episode? And I said to myself, is this clever to be talking about this with the silent movie going on with just music so that people may not be able to overhear them? Or is it weird because who in the hell would be watching this movie? Either way, uh, their first thing is they think Jason Newface is hiding Ian. Now, as far as I know, Jason Newface is not a fan of Ian, at least original Jason. Did not seem to be a fan of Ian at all. We knew they were friends and kind of smoking weed, I guess, was the implication uh, last season when those two hung out. And that's how Ian met Allie, uh, Jason and Jason Newface's uh, younger sister. I just don't think, I don't know. I just don't think Jason Newface gives a shit about Ian, to be perfectly honest. So I don't think he's hiding him. As you and I know, Jason Newface is hiding Allie, his younger sister. Then they talk about Melissa acting weird. Melissa's been acting weird for a long time. And then they don't know what to believe about Jason Newface. And I, I would grant them, like, he just comes back to town. Where are the parents, et cetera, et cetera. And then this podcast is not sponsored by Scream, but clearly a Scream call out here. There's someone in the back with a hood. Looks just like the Scream hood, right? And they turn around, the person's there, and they turn around, and they're gone, and then they turn around again, and they're behind them in the, in the row, and they jump over the they jump over the seats and attack one of them? I don't know. And then it's a dream. Spencer was dreaming all this. You know, okay. Sure. But she's woken up because Melissa's trying to look for a wedding ring right in the couch that Melissa was, sorry, right in the couch that Spencer was sleeping on, which is a little like, can't you wait for her, your sister to wake up? But I mean, I've lost things before. I get the frantic nature of that. And as uh, Melissa frantically searches for her wedding ring, her phone buzzes and Spencer thinks this is an opportunity to maybe make a grab for it. She's like, hey, I can check this out. And Melissa's like, yep, I'm going to take this secret call upstairs. And Melissa runs away with her phone. And what was very interesting, quick sidebar into my life, I've been dabbling in the world of transcription, where I take shows and transcribe every word you hear. And one of the things that we are told to do as transcribers is make out every possible word that we can hear, right? And if I were transcribing this episode, I might be able to pick out some of the words Melissa was saying upstairs, but the transcriber put indistinct conversation. I repeat, indistinct conversation. Now... One could just say, well, maybe that particular transcribing service was told, you know, anything you can hear by a principal uh, performer is just indistinct. We just need to make note that a conversation was had. Me, the eagle eye Chris Watches PLL expert, well, I won't call myself an expert yet, but it could be that maybe a critical piece of information is, is thrown out there by Melissa at the top of the stairs that if we were to turn on the closed captioning, we might be able to see a little hint. So, but I have a theory about that. We don't need to do that, but just keep that in mind if you hear people talking in the background, especially if you're watching this on a streaming service that shall not be named, maybe pick up on that conversation. I don't know. Just, just, just a thought. Anyway, cut to Hannah's household, mom and dad laughing, laughing like an old married couple. Oops-a-daisy. Um, 
so he dad's like hey i'll drive you to school hannah and uh Hannah's like, you know, Mona usually does this. He's like, oh, I know about Mona. And we find out Dad's staying at a hotel for industry, you know. He's staying there forever how long. And I felt like, are we are we seeing a replay of what happened to Arya's, Arya's parents? I feel like Hannah's parents are, are regrowing an attachment. There's a romance coming back. And you can see that Ashley is, you know, Ashley's been through a lot of difficult times. And I think, as we said in many episodes ago, there's still emotion there for her ex-husband. I think she's getting her hopes up. And if this show has taught me anything, getting your hopes up is asking the writers to be sure to dash them. But things are kind of looking up. And this is a theme this episode. I believe this is Dad that says this, right? He says, things change, people grow. And I don't know if he's talking about himself. I don't know if he's talking about his uh, ex-wife. I don't know if he's talking about the two of them as a couple. It's a thing we'll come back to this episode. And in my mind, for Hannah, I was like, is she is she thinking about Caleb in this moment finally? We'll see. If the movie theater was clever, this is also pretty clever. At school, uh, this is how the liars meet and have a chat. It's actually, I thought it was really well done. It made me kind of smile and laugh because they all pop out of the stalls when a non-liar leaves and they have a quick little meeting. And uh, the discussion here is about the maybe letter that Emily needs to stay in Rosewood. A little bit of discussion there about the, the level of importance of said letter. And then Arya reveals she is going to Hollis to take a, like a pottery class. Is that even a thing? I guess it is. I just like, uh, just when I thought Arya was free, I guess, no. I guess she is uh, sticking, sticking as close to Mr. Fitz as she possibly can. Hannah makes a stonking joke and then a whole grown adult woman enters the bathroom, which, you know, if they're a teacher, that makes sense to me. But I was just like, wow, I hope this person is not supposed to be a student because they definitely looked over the age of a high school student and everyone scatters as I'm, which makes sense that they would. Cut to the hallway. Spencer and Toby have a little walk and talk. Uh, Toby talks about a new job that he's got. You know, he's all about a new job. He needs to get out of the house with Jenna. He needs to get out of the house. And I wish I could have guessed this because it made me laugh so much. But Toby's going to be working for Jason Newface on the fence around the, the De Laurentiis house. I'm not sure why Spencer on suddenly now doesn't trust Jason Newface. It was just a season ago where she and Jason Original were having a very heartfelt conversation. And I felt they viewed Jason Original as an ally. So I don't know why all of a sudden they don't trust him. But uh, maybe it's a new face. Maybe that's why. Cut back to the outdoor. What do you, what do you call this outdoor area? Like a plaza, a, a quad, a hang up, a hangabout. What would you call this area? Anyway, it's the outdoor cafeteria zone. We have a little Hannah Lucas scene. Um, she like waves at him, and Lucas is like, "What?" Basically, Hannah asks Lucas to uh, sit and hang out, and we find out that Caleb is actually crashing at Lucas's. So she's like, "Is that a thing?" And he's like, "I don't know." Me and Caleb are me and Caleb are boys now, I guess. And then Hannah asks to hang out with Lucas, and uh, Lucas is a little—he's a little—he's a little shocked by this entire interaction. So it hits him, and he says, "You know what? He is busy today, but maybe some some other time." And this is Hannah taking in that life lesson of things change, people grow, right? She's—I guess she's trying to give both Lucas another chance, but also maybe giving herself a little slack, like saying, "All that happened before. Maybe there's a chance for the two of us to, you know, rekindle a friendship," which is really nice. And then I was shocked. I will admit, PLL fans, you might be like, Chris, how could you be this silly? But I was surprised to see Ezra is still on the show. There he is walking into uh, the college with Arya. I was like, wow, he's still on the show? I guess that's not an end. Because all we saw at the end of last episode was that big dramatic kiss, right? Anyway, we're, we're, we're doing the College of Hollis thing. And I said, are they back together? What's going on? They're taking, 
you know, and they're talking about public displays of affection, and Ezra has to remind Arya that uh, Arya's father still teaches here a few nights a week, so they can't be all smoochy smoochy. And then I had to pause the video. I could not believe, why would they not think this is possible? But of, of course, standing there watching them have a smooch, and they're like, good thing we have nothing to worry about here. Jackie, the ex, sees them smooching. Now, Jackie does a great bit of acting here. I genuinely mean this. The person portraying Jackie here, she has this look of, it's so perfect. I'm not trying to overhype her, her performance here, but it is shock at him kissing somebody else, right? Wait a minute, is that the girl that answered the door and was all weird to me at, at, at that house I went to? Wait, is, are, they, are they a couple? Like, all those emotions, all those thoughts hit her all at once. And then, on top of that, she's still trying to talk to the person that we don't see that she's having a conversation with. So, like, still that little bit of a smile and a little bit of an engagement with the person in front of her. It was perfect. Absolutely perfect. If I were a director on that show, I'd be like, one take, let's move on. It was absolutely perfect. We got all of the complex reactions in that moment. And I felt for Jackie right there. I'm, I'm sure she's like, what? What is going on here? Anyway, Arya enters the classroom, and this is some sort of pottery class, uh, uh, you know, and uh, she grabs a smock. And then, of course, of course, who else is in this class but Jenna? Uh, doing, we're going to do the whole ghost thing here, I guess. We're going to do the whole pottery thing here. Of course, Jenna's in this class. Cut to Spencer and uh, Jason Newface. Yeah, Spencer is kind of chatting with Jason Newface. A lot of, lot of outdoor work. A lot of outside outdoor work. Spencer, as she as she is wont to do, again, in my humble opinion, the boldest of our liars, pushes the envelope a little bit. And Jason Newface says, I'm the only one living here. Uh, the show wants us to think Ian's hiding in there. You and I know, fair listeners, Allie is in there somewhere. Cut to uh, Spencer and Emily phone call. A uh, little bit of chat about Toby. They, for some reason, think Ian's in there. Uh, and then they're like, lock your door. Uh, Spencer, Emily to Spencer is like, lock your door. Oh, that's right. So Spencer's in her room. I guess the phone call ends, and as established, she can see over to the De Laurentiis house. They're very close by. And she sees uh, Jason Newface putting up newspaper on the window. And I guess we're like, oh my god. But in my mind, I'm like, he's painting the room, right? Isn't he just painting the room? You don't want to get paint on your window. That's exactly what he's doing. But Spencer is like, uh, I don't know. This is... <laughs> I don't know. This is scary. I don't know. Anywho... We cut to a flashback of Allie, Spencer, uh, and Emily. Uh, basically, um, so it's Spencer and Emily. Emily is crashing at Spencer's for some sort of reason. And Allie kind of comes over in the middle of the night. And she looks upset. It looks like something happened at uh, her house. And something about Jason Newface, like if, like basically what Allie has on her older brother is that Allie can call their grandmother and that he'll get nothing in the grandmother's will. So there's a lot of cash with this family. And this is the, uh, you know, the threat that Allie has over her older brother. And then for a brief moment, I don't know if this is the first time we've seen this. Let me know, audience, if I'm wrong. But Allie, you know, is very upset about something. She gets like a snack from the fridge and she goes over there. And, and Spencer and Emily are concerned because they are still friends here at this point. And Allie goes over to the window. So she's like kind of turned away from the, uh, the two of them. And we see a very vulnerable moment for, for just a brief second here. She gets upset and she starts to cry as she's uh, as she's collecting herself. And we know this about Allie, uh, but she is someone who, for various reasons, has a very put up a strong face front. That you know, don't show them that you're you're upset or you're quote weak or whatever whatever that thing is that you know people do. She has that, and and this is the this is the time that we the audience get to see this part of her. 
but then she kind of lets it go. Spencer's like, are you okay? And she's like, she shrugs it off and, and uh, she eats an apple. So there we go. Cut to Emily and Pam. A little talk about moving and packing and everything. And then there's like a phone call and Emily says, it's Paige. And I was like, what? Wait, are we still, is, is Paige still in this world and trying to, I mean, I know it might be a cover for Emily, but still it's like Paige of all names to use. Anyway, Spencer and Emily. So that flashback, I guess, is actually memory that Spencer has. So she calls uh, Emily and says, hey, you, do you remember that incident where Allie came running over? And I think they're starting to put it together their own theory as to what's going on. Like, I guess their theory is maybe there's some sort of money involved in, in quote, you know, getting rid of Allie that involves Jason, I guess, new face. Uh, cut to school, Lucas and Hannah. Uh, basically, I forgot to say that Lucas invited Hannah to help with the yearbook. So this is our yearbook moment. Lucas is, I guess, is the head photographer. They're yearbooking. And Hannah's like, hey, this this lady, Danielle, thinks you're really thinks you're really cute. And Lucas is like, uh, no, I don't, I don't think so. But then Anna's really pushing it. She's like, she's pushing him to ask Danielle out. And then um, Lucas says something a little shitty again, like, well, I've tried that before and it really blew up in my face, which is, come on, Lucas, dude, come on. But um, he does say, look, I'm just trying to be, I'm just trying to work here and be friends. So I don't know why Hannah's really pushing this, but you know, that's what's going on there. Cut to the Hastings household. Melissa's still searching for that ring all over the, all over the house. And then Spencer has this a vulnerable moment where she, she says, I'm scared to her older sister. And she says, would you protect me? If it came down to someone or me, who would you protect? And she has this little lovely story about when they were kids, when Melissa was protecting her younger sister. Do you have my back? Is what Spencer says to Melissa. And Melissa kind of says no. She says, don't make me choose between my husband and my sister. And she leaves. Wow. Cut to Vince's apartment, talking about Jenna being in the class and this idea of making things right with Jenna. I don't know how Mr. Fitz feels about Arya taking class there. I mean, I don't know. This whole relationship is spiraling out of control, in my opinion. I mean, ugh. anyway. Cut to Spencer. She finds Melissa's ring under a toaster. And I put like 18 question marks in my notes. What is she going to do with this ring? Cut to Hannah's household. A dad's arguing on the phone with somebody. Uh, something about looking at a water heater? I don't know. And it turns out he's arguing with Isabel, who is the soon-to-be new wife of dad, about the wedding. Uh-oh. Trouble with their current relationship. Now, I'm starting to get a pattern here with dad. Is dad one of those people that when things get tough, he bails and jumps to another partner, and then when things get tough, he bails on that relationship and goes back to the other thing. So basically, he's a fair-weather dater or relationshiper. Is that a right term? Basically, when things are good, he's with you. Second things get a little difficult, he's out. And then he just jumps to a new relationship. I'm wondering if dad is that kind of person. But you can tell that there's uh, trouble here, and he run and he ran to his ex-wife. So we have another uh, uh, meeting place here in the car. Emily, Arya, and Hannah are having a chat, and uh, and Emily says, uh, "I have a scholarship offer." And it turns out Emily has created a fake letter of intent. Is that the term from um, the school Danby, uh, which would be the thing to keep her in Rosewood? So she's created a fake letter that she was going to basically send to her own house. And we have Hannah is pro. Hannah says, do it. And Arya, uh, you know, I know she's portrayed as the goody two-shoes here. I don't know how accurate that is in terms of what we've seen on the show before, but Arya is anti. She's like, no, that's wrong. We don't really know what Emily's going to do. I love this. I forget who says this, but I think it might be Hannah who says, you know, it's like Allie always says, you're just pre-telling the truth. To be fair, I would also agree with Hannah in that regard that it looks like Emily is the star on the swimming team. Looks like Danby is probably very interested. If Emily keeps her grades up, it's, it is probably a sure thing. So on that front, I do agree. It is probably, she is probably very likely going to get this scholarship offer from Danby. But this is 
completely <laughs> false and could be a big issue if it ever comes to light. W- what could go wrong? So we get we cut to Toby and Jason Newface. I think at least one of them, if not both of them, are shirtless. You know, it's just two dudes working. Just two dudes working. Sw- hot, sweaty dudes just working. And they have a bit of a conversation. Uh, Jason Newface knows Toby's innocent. You know, he says, you know, I heard about all the stuff about with my sister. I know you didn't do it, is the basic uh, point made here that Jason Newface trusts Toby and all that good stuff. Uh, Spencer kind of climbs through the trees and Jason Newface says, Melissa? And Spencer's like, wait, you were expecting Melissa to come by? Why? And I don't know, he says some BS reason. Uh, he go, Jason Newface goes to grab a drink, so he leaves. Spencer wants Toby to quit. And there's this whole thing about Toby trying to get enough money to get this truck to do some other job that's like out of Rosewood. It's a whole thing. Uh, there's a job that might go away, and as well as this truck that that might get sold. There's there's like a whole lot of whole lot of maybes that Toby's trying to hope for. But basically, basically Toby's like, I need a job. You know, I understand Spencer's point where this puts Toby right in the crosshairs of all the controversy he has living in Rosewood. But I also understand his point of view. He's like, I need I need to get out of that house. You know, this truck is a is a long shot. This job out of the city is an even longer shot. Living in the house with Jenna is too much, and the only way I'm going to be able to do that is if I get some cash. And Jason Newface is the only person willing to hire me. So he's kind of in the spot. But I also understand Spencer's concern. <laughs> comically, comically, Jason Newface comes out with some garbage, drops the bag, and out rolls a whole bunch of bloody gauze. Now, Jason Newface, if you were any sort of A or A accomplice, would you really be that silly and stupid? No, I don't think so. I don't know why he'd do this on purpose, but <laughs> he has the lamest excuse. Uh, Jason Newface is like, I cut my finger. It was a, it was a lot of blood. Now here's the other part of it, though. There's very little blood on the incident with Ian in the church. So why Spencer jumps to the conclusion that that's Ian's uh, bloody gauze? I don't know. He choked himself. He 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 fell down the uh, clock tower of doom and was t- caught in the ropes and and you know strangled himself. But uh, right, apparently. So the bloody gauze has nothing to do with Ian. So I don't know. But uh, Spencer's even more convinced that Ian's hiding in there. Cuts to Arya. She's terrible at the pottery wheel. Uh, it's just a hot, hot mess. And uh, something happens with Jenna. And she's like, hey, hey, can you help? What's your name again? Or something like that. And instead of saying Arya, she says, Anita. So Anita, you need to go help Jenna. And then this uh, person, Bryce, kind of saves the day. He's like, I'll help. So Anita doesn't have to get near Jenna. Whew. Close call. Cut back to the yearbook. Hannah sits down with this Danielle person, and she's basically Hannah's talking up Lucas to her. <laughs> Danielle, to her credit, is like, who's Lucas? Oh, boy. So does that mean that Hannah is misreading or intentionally misreading Danielle's interest in Lucas? I couldn't tell, but I, th- I think that's what, in that line, who's Lucas, that kind of tells me that. At any rate, Hannah keeps hyping him up. Oh, all the women are dating him. You know, best photographer in school. All this, all this stuff. And I don't know if it really works, but um, there's this theme of forgiveness coming through. You know, come back to Spencer. She's pawning the ring. So she, this is what she's doing with the wedding ring. She's pawning it for cash. We have a slight O. Henry thing going on here. Now she is pawning the wedding ring that is Melissa and Ian's wedding ring to J. B. Schmidt. Right, she's not doing it purely for pettiness, although I'm sure that doesn't hurt. She's doing it to give it to to Toby, so he does have to work this job, could buy this truck, and get this other gig. That's her intention, and I knew that's not a spoiler. Even within this episode, I'm like, oh, that's exactly what she's doing. Still, quite a quite a move to do to your sister. I understand why. I I completely understand why. But boy, this bridge between her and her sister is just never gonna heal. It's never gonna be a thing, is it? As she's leaving with the cash, I didn't quite understand the whole thing. Did she leave the ring and get cash and then has to come back? 
I don't understand the coming back part of it. He's like, yeah, you better be back by Monday or something. I guess you, I guess you took like a loan on on the cash, and if she doesn't come back, he gets to keep the ring. I don't know. Anyway, someone's watching her as she leaves, which is who knows? Is this A? Is this person with the hood? Is this somebody else? We don't know, but someone watches her go. Cut back to the school. Lucas kind of confronts Hannah and says, "What did you say to Danielle?" And he's a little, he's a little put off by it. Like she, I guess she said something to him. I don't know if they're hanging out. I didn't write that down on my notes. I forget if they're hanging out, Lucas and Danielle. But he's basically like, what are you doing? Why, do you, why would you do this? And he's like, people change. They grow. So there's that theme again. Cut back to Emily. Um, she's prepping the letter to send to herself in her room. Pam comes down. It's just she found some baby stuff. And her and Emily have a bit of a moment. And talking about their journey, basically from the time we started the show till now. Kind of like how we got here. And, and Pam sounds like... I may be wrong that she understands her daughter more and is maybe a little more accepting of of her daughter and who she is. And Emily, gosh, the biggest heart. I mean, can, can she forgives her mom for all that shit? And it's really, I you know, I know for some people that would be extremely difficult. But to me, in this moment, it does look like Emily has forgiven her mom for all of the stuff that has happened. Wow. And, and mom, you know, and there's, there's some tears here, some hugs, and it's a, it's a moment of connection between the two of them, as tense as their relationship is. And it's in that moment when mom leaves, for some reason, Emily tears up the letter, whether she feels, we, we don't know why, but whether she feels it's just dishonest, or whether she feels, you know, she wants to start off on the right foot and not lie to her mom, whatever, you know, I don't know, whatever it is, she tears it up and throws it in her trash can. Cut to Spencer driving up in the pickup truck. So she used that cash to get this truck. And Toby's like, are you crazy? And Toby says, I love you so, so, so much. They smooch. <laughs> and then Jason, new face, is kind of outside, like, glaring at them. Very strange. Very strange, Jason. What are you doing, dude? Come back to Hannah. Mom and dad are laughing. And then Isabel texts uh, dad. Dad's away from his phone as uh, mom and dad are laughing. I was like, don't do it, Hannah. Of course, Hannah erases the text. It is gone forever. Dad will never know Isabel texted him. I love you so much. Let's get married kind of thing. So she just pulled Mona. Interesting, huh? She literally did what Mona did to her. Hmm. Come back to Hollis. Jenna asks Anita for help. It's like there's the two or three of them in the room and Anita, a.k.a. Aria. I mean, I was like, Jenna knows it's her. And, and a little bit later on, she actually does figure out it's Aria. But there's this whole pottery scene, uh, very intricately done. There's this whole thing of, putting things on a, on a platter, spinning it, turning out the lights, and she puts a candle in there, and there's this little light thing going around. Mm, I don't know if we needed all this setup, but, you know, it was it was a moment. And I thought for a moment, I thought for a moment Jenna did know it was Arya, and this was her way of, like, reaching out. Like, But no, there's this lovely thing about just turning off the lights and what do you see and talking about how it reminds her of swimming. And Jenna, like, starts to cry because she remembers what it was like to see uh, which is also probably rem reminding her of who did this to her. It's a really well-done monologue by Jenna. Another fine acting performance. I, I don't know. Maybe someone would criticize it, but I thought she did a very great job, the uh, person portraying Jenna here. It was a really moving monologue. It's beautiful. And then uh, she's like, wait, is that Arya? And she's like, blow it out, blow it out. Uh, so clearly Jenna has not forgiven the four. <laughs> Jenna did not get the theme for this episode. She is not about forgiveness quite yet. Things change, people grow. Not yet. Hastings household, Spencer gets the drift that Melissa's going to meet someone. And she gets uh, parts of this message, not here, stay down the road. So she starts texting everybody. It's time to move. It's time to move. We think Melissa's going to meet up with Ian, right? Cut to the uh, Pam household. The letter arrives. 
The fake letter arrives, and Pam is so happy for her daughter. And I was like, wait a minute, what, what just happened here? Emily runs through her garbage can, and the fake letter that she tore up is gone. Now, the letter that showed up in the mail is in perfect condition. Perfect condition. But what Emily finds in her garbage can is a note, a little buck slip, and it says, you can't play cat and mouse if the mouse moves to Texas. I need you here, M. Congrats, dash A. This is 100% Allison De Laurentiis. I have no doubt in my mind that was Allison doing that. How did this happen? Hmm. About to figure that out. That's very much Allie. Come back to Spencer. A little chat about the Anita or Aria Jenna moment. Talking about it rattled someone's cage. And Melissa's on the move. So we're so the liars start to trail her. And it's a car. And I had this thought. Listen, I didn't say this in the episode, so you may not believe me. But I had this thought a long time ago, and I thought to myself, well, there's no way they'd bring back Ren with three ends. There's no way. He was a one-and-done character, and he'd be done. Sure enough, the car pops out Ren, and he's giving her a bag of something. And they think, oh, they think Ren is giving Melissa, like, you know, painkillers to help Ian. Hang on, folks. I have a theory. And then our end teaser moment is someone buys the ring from the jeweler, which, you know, I mean, we could have called that. We, we're experts now ourselves. We're like, yeah, we knew that was going to happen a long time ago. Show you got to be a step ahead of us. We knew A was going to grab that ring. So uh, I don't really have much to add here, but I have a huge theory to put out here as I close this episode of Chris Watches. Pretty Little Liars. I had this thought a while ago and I didn't say it. Everybody, that baby is not Ian's. That baby is run with three ends. All that we've been seeing so far, Melissa with the, with, the, with the photo and all this other stuff, Ren's the father, and they both know it. So he's giving her materials for her pregnancy. And for whatever reason, I think Melissa's lying to Ian, or whether it's their cover story, whatever the reason is, Ren with three ends is the father. There you go. You can find me on, I'm just going to, I'm just going to leave it there. Uh, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Magoogs, occasionally twitching on Mac to the gal. Come hang out. It's a fun community. I should be playing games on Monday night. We'll see. At least Monday night, if not more. Yeah. Tune in, subscribe, all that good stuff. Uh, leave reviews. Thank you, uh, reviewer who left a review. I need to uh, congratulate you as well privately, but on the podcast. Thank you for the review. Uh, uh, join us on this journey. New friend of the show. And uh, yeah, I've said way too much. I've said enough. See ya. Thank you.